Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. Welcome to Milkman Sports, everyone. I am Casey, and I'm here t- with Red to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about the Thursday night game that happened yesterday between the Giants and the Washington football team, and we're going to review the afternoon games, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game. If you haven't listened to the first part of week two, uh, you can go back and find us on Apple and Spotify to check out all the morning games and the Thursday night game that we covered. Uh, well, with that, uh, Red, well, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's been a long day already. Started my work day at two this morning and worked a full 10 hour day, come home, prep for this podcast and trying to get this in before my work phone starts ringing because I'm on call this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, out of town for a wedding this weekend too. So I think we're both busy, but you didn't let me ask time. you first. I didn't ask you, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, I'm going to a wedding out of town. Oh, no way. Uh, a couple of friends of mine up here in Clovis. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. One of them actually, uh, I think he's a listener to our podcast. We talked a lot of fantasy football before his his draft a couple of weeks ago. Walked into his house. We we're just kind of hanging out at the, at the pool and stuff. And he says, hey, sit down. I need your uh, I need your advice for a little bit. And we probably talked for over an hour about uh, just kind of players to target during the draft. I gave him oh. uh, Van Jefferson as a as as a suggestion he ignored me but then right after that big blow up game he had he's like this guy's gonna be the top guy on waivers this week huh he wasn't the top but he's he's probably been added in a lot of leagues this week that's really funny at his wedding i think the first song they danced to should be our intro milkman sports yeah right <laughs> welcome to we'll just dub it welcome to eric and jen's wedding <laughs> with your hosts <laughs> that was that's funny Start, uh broadcasting people's weddings we're gonna do the play-by-play right exactly i like it (laughs) all right let's get into this before my work phone rings (laughs) right on let's let's go over the giants and washington game last night which was surprisingly interesting i know a lot of people weren't super uh ready or didn't think this would be a good game but it ended up going down to the final seconds penalty on the last play of the game and washington wins 30 to 29 right i know you got some thoughts on this game why don't you go ahead and start well, there's a couple things I wanted to highlight, but I did miss half the game last night. I fell asleep at halftime because I had to leave at two in the morning for work. So if you can imagine, you got to get up earlier than that, put your drawers on with one eye open. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So but from what I've seen from the first half is and from what I've seen on the stat line, I haven't gone back and watched the last half. But Terry McLaurin is quarterback proof. Uh, we've seen him do it with Kyle Allen. We've seen him do it with part of Fitzpatrick, which Fitzpatrick can support a wide receiver. And now we've seen him do it with Taylor Haneke. So uh, just one of my first glances, first thoughts, just looking, reflecting back on this game is Terry McLaren is, in fact, quarterback proof. I told you guys last week, I told you guys two nights ago, I believe it was Wednesday night, that temper expectations, keep him as a wide receiver two. I was wrong. Keep him as a wide receiver one moving forward. Yeah, he had 14 targets last night. I, I think that quarterback proof is probably the best way to describe him. I saw some tweet the other day. I can't remember. It's been like nine or ten quarterbacks he's dealt with, maybe even more since uh, he came into the league less than three years ago. So um, the fact that he's been able – he produced as a rookie, even though he was a third-round pick. He stepped it up last year. He's off to an outstanding start this year. He's a locked-in wide receiver one, and in Dynasty, five receivers to hold absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
we saw some interesting usage out of the running backs here between Gibson and McKissick. I think oh, because Gibson had such a good week one and McKissick didn't really play a whole lot. I think that everyone was just assuming that he was going to have this high volume role uh, for the rest of the season. But McKissick is one of the better passing down backs in the league. It kind of felt inevitable that he'd get involved and he just happened to do it here on Thursday night football. Do you, do you have concerns about Gibson? Do you think that he's, uh, still going to be more RB1, 2, or is McKissick really going to eat into his uh, passing game snaps? There's a couple things that I'm thinking. Um, I'm not really overly concerned over Gibson. He did produce last year, even with uh, McKissick. Have, what do you have, 100 receptions or was it 100 targets? I always forget what Gibson. Or, 100, 100 targets. Yeah, okay. it was like he caught like 71 yeah. passes, 81 passes, something like that last year. Yeah, either way, I'm not overly concerned. Um McKissick's just going to carry PPR value. He's more of that Naheem Hines that I always keep comparing toward. Um, so I'm actually holding him in a dynasty league. So um, I'm in a rebuild. So him, Tony Pollard, and a couple other just receiving running backs are literally my only running backs. So, But this was a short week. This is my other theory. Uh, this was a short week. Uh, Gibson did see a pretty big workload on Sunday. So coming into a short week, maybe they just – Lightened the workload a little bit. You know, they're playing against the Giants. They figured maybe it was an easy win, but I don't know. It's a division game. They split the workload. It is what it is. This is what we got, but I'm not overly concerned, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, Gibson still played 62% of the snaps, and McKissick played 40. So oh, there you go. Um, I haven't seen snap percentages yet. Yeah, so McKissick played a lot for a second back, but 62% is really not that low for an RB1, especially coming off of a short week, you know. So um, I, I have a feeling that I think he got a little bit banged up, and Gibson did last week. Nothing too, super serious, but um, enough to probably on a short week, just like, hey, let's not put too much on this guy's plate. I think Gibson's going to be still fine as a high-end RB2 um, with room to be an RB one some weeks, but I do think McKissick is not going away anytime soon. So yep. he may not get the passing volume that people were expecting. Yeah. Uh, we had um, better usage from Saquon Barkley. I'm, I'm got it right here in front of me that it looks like he played um, 66% of the snaps, which is better than I think last week he played in the 40 ish range. Um, again, not bad for an RB one. You you think this is a you know good sign for him, or do you think that he's still going to be kind of slow paid for a few more weeks? Uh, I'm just taking it as the slow paid for a few more weeks until I see otherwise. Um, you can't be disappointed with what you've seen because they literally told us before you guys drafted him, we are going to slow play him into the season, and that is exactly what they're doing. So don't get frustrated. Better days are coming. We all know he can catch 100 passes in a season. We all know he can run for 1,300 yards. We all know he's a threat for double-digit total touchdowns. So, I mean, it's week two, guys. It's week two. We're all right. I've started seasons 0-2 and won championships. So don't panic. I know it's early. It's easy to tilt. But we good. We good. And I'm the owner of Barkley in our listener league. So, I mean, until you hear me panic, you guys are good. Yeah, I would say that I think they're easing him in. He's coming off of an ACL, and I thought maybe he had an MCL tear as part of that too. Um, so, you know, it's not like some insignificant injury that he's coming back from. Even though the ACL timelines have sped up uh, over the course of the last few years, guys seem to come back in, you know, nine to eight, nine months instead of, you know, a year, year and a half. But not every injury is the same. So the fact that he played week one was good. He came back in and played week two on a short week. 
Um, I think that he'll be he'll be better moving forward. Maybe with especially he's got a little more time till week three. This might be the time where they start increasing his usage. I agree. Um, next next thing that stood out to me in this game was Sterling Shepard. Uh, this is two weeks in a row that he's actually put up really good, really really good PPR numbers. Uh, if you look back, dating back to last season as well, I think he's had four straight games with over 90 yards. I'm not sure what his target count is. I just remember seeing the stat online, but uh, he's been on a little hot streak. Uh, you trust him as a wide receiver too moving forward? I mean, he's definitely a starter maybe um, because I don't quite – we'll get to Daniel Jones in a second. I don't know yep. I don't know how much I really trust him. So he's probably a wide receiver three, but in real life he's he's got the potential to – be a wide receiver too i mean he had 10 targets last night and caught nine of them for 94 yards he's yeah he's been on a good streak and you know kenny galladay didn't play so well last night uh darius slayton did catch the touchdown but he had that awful drop maybe oh, man, a little could have put a little bit better touch but i'm sorry man you don't really get that open your nfl receiver you're supposed to catch it yeah, I think I think that, you know, you can make a case that it was maybe a little overthrown, but I think you can make a more of a case that he just straight up dropped it. So I guess where I'm getting with that, especially, you know, Evan Ingram's been out and you can't really rely on him because he's injured all the time. Shepard is absolutely the the pass catcher to own for the Giants. Even if they're a bad team, one of these guys is bound to stick out. And I think because of he plays in the short, intermediate game, he could go deep. Galladay's really more of just kind of a – physical receiver that you you kind of just let him win those 50 50 balls or um you know you're, you're taking probably higher risk throws to him so Shepard gets a lot more of the safer throws so hey he's as long as he's having these kind of numbers i'm playing him weekly all right so here we go rest of season you have your dream fantasy team i mean you have mccaffrey dalvin cook i mean you name your favorite players and put them in the fantasy team and all you have left to fill in is your quarterback spot. And the only two players left are Taylor Haneke or Daniel Jones. Who are you going with? This is actually closer than I think people would like to believe. Uh, Haneke just threw for 336 and two touchdowns, and Fitzpatrick's not coming back anytime soon. Um, Daniel Jones has that rushing upside like he showed off last night, though. He ran for almost 100 yards and a touchdown. He's surprisingly um, but- athletic. Yeah, well, he's he's always been super athletic since he came out of Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone doesn't – they don't – people don't tend to remember that he's actually, yeah, kind of a running quarterback. Not like – I shouldn't call him a running quarterback at the end of the day. He's more of a, a pocket passer. But he's got that element to do that better than most pocket he's, passers He's good for do. 300 rushing yards. Yeah, well, I mean, probably more than that, honestly. Um, okay. I would say that – it's probably Daniel Jones by a little bit, like by a little bit. Like I don't like Daniel Jones, honestly. Heineke, I think he's okay based off of what I saw. I think that uh, maybe it's just because the lack of rushing upside, maybe that's what it is. I just see that higher floor for Jones, but I would say Jones has the higher floor, but lower ceiling. Heineke right. could bottom out or he could, you know, be consistent, you know, high volume passer, especially when he's got Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas is good. We'll see when Curtis Samuel comes back. Dummy Brown, um, he didn't do much on the stat sheet last time, but I believe he played quite a bit. So right. I think he's got the he's got some good receivers to work with, but I'll I'll bank on I'll bank on Daniel Jones for now because of the rushing upside. I'm gonna drink from that Kool-Aid as well. Daniel Jones, he just offers rest of seasons starter material versus Haneke. 
come November, Fitzpatrick is supposed to be back. So uh, that's not going to help us for playoffs. So, right. All righty. Well, you want to get into the preview? We have the yeah. Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game. Uh, let's go yeah. ahead and get it started with probably one of the better afternoon games, in my opinion, the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings. Casey, who you want to start off with? Um, I would let's talk about the Cardinals first because Kyler Murray's coming off of I think he was the QB one this past week. Um, he's obviously got that crazy upside. He's he was probably one of the top two three quarterbacks taken in every league this year. Um, locked in QB one. Really not a lot to say about that. Chase Edmonds got fifty eight percent of the snaps last week, and James Conner got forty nine. So they're kind of splitting right there. But Chase Edmonds had a way more efficient day. James Conner did get touches. He just didn't do a whole lot with them. I would say that I don't think this is a clear backfield yet. It seems like they're really going to try to give the ball to both. I would certainly rather have Edmonds, though. He's probably a mid-RB2, low-RB2 for me. He's, he's got potential to bottom out every week if Connor's having a good day, but I'm, I'm definitely taking Edmonds over him. And then, obviously, we're playing DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver one. AJ Green did not look all that great last week, as far as I'm concerned. I, I would definitely be playing – Christian Kirk probably as a flex this week, maybe if you're desperate for a wide receiver three. Um, and I think we need to hold off on Rondell more till we see a little more. He only played 29% of snaps. Yeah, I'm good off Christian Kirk. I'd let someone else let someone else in your league pick him up or start him and let that be his problem because he's way, way, way too inconsistent. Um, if you go look up his career touchdowns, this was mentioned on Ross Tucker and uh, Joe Dolan. Um uh, they said that he has, what, 14, 15 career touchdowns, something like that, and 11 of those have come in multi-touchdown games. Mm. And he's been in the league for three years. He's too boom-bust for me. Yeah, I think that he – I think that he's – I've always liked his real-life talent. Um, for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to put it together. I know he's had some some minor injuries. Uh, that have held him out for a little parts of you know last season or the season before. I'm forgetting specifically when he was injured, but I know he's dealt with it. Um, he seems just like a late second round bloomer to me. Like usually those guys kind of start coming out of their shell in their second, third years, and he's shown flashes. But uh, I'm not trying to chase week one, but I, I did like what I saw. The two touchdowns was good, but I think the fact that he was involved a lot was was the most important thing. Yeah, but what mainly you, what, trust. D hop and Edmonds and Kyler out of this offense. Yeah, pretty much. You can ignore all the tight ends; they're worthless in this offense. Yep. What do you? Uh, what do you? What do you think of the Vikings this week? Your favorite team? I'm gonna be nice to Kirk Cousins this week. I'm starting Kirk Cousins in superflex leagues as a quarterback two against the Cardinals' crappy pass defense. So Ooh, as you can imagine, man, you can start. Five just, sacks last week. I said pass defense. I know what I'm saying. Like that's. I feel like that's start great. Him. I don't care. I'm starting them. You got Justin Jefferson on the outside, Adam Thielen. Come on, man. It's going to be a shootout, dude. Dalvin Cook's going to get involved. You're starting those three uh, skill position players, but if you got Kirk Cousins in super flex leagues, I'm starting them this week. You don't yeah, lose don't points, too right? Harsh. right? Yeah, I don't mean to be too harsh on them. I, they've obviously got talent on It's okay. Them. I'm usually that's the one that's harsh on good. it. <laughs> so, I mean, you're just returning it for me, so I appreciate it. Yeah. What do you think of Thielen? Because, I mean, obviously everyone was in on Jefferson this week. Kind of had a slow week, but I think everyone's given him a pass. But Thielen played good last week and kind of seems to always show up. 
Yeah, so uh, our listeners won't know this, but you might. When we recorded uh, a live draft that we did that I did not have my microphone plugged in for for that uh, episode, I mentioned that uh, when it comes to redraft leagues and you have two wide receivers that are going, one's going in the third round and the other's going in the sixth round. If you guys might remember, I could use this comparison with uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett last year. Um in redraft leagues, I'm letting Justin Jefferson go. You know, let someone take him in the third round. I could get the same value with Adam Thielen down in rounds three, four. Some some drafts he was going in the fifth round because he wasn't the flashiest name in Minnesota anymore. But if we go look what he did last week, scored two touchdowns. So I like Thielen. I like uh, Justin Jefferson as well. Uh, I like this whole Minnesota offense this weekend. Is Thielen a wide receiver two, one, three? Can't be a three. He's gonna be a one with the touchdown two. ups. It's hard to predict touchdowns, but he's a guy that consistently gets double digit touchdowns every year. So if he gets that, yes, he's a wide receiver one. Yep, I thought he was one of the more undervalued players this year. Yep. Um, KJ Osborne looked okay sniffing around there at all, or the tight nope. ends. Tyler it, it's, it's it's the Minnesota trio and Kirk Cousins. That's it. Yeah, I think I pretty much agree with that. Yep. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up that game. We have our next game, which is, I believe, the next uh, the best Atlanta, game of the week. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons Tom, uh, versus Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, I hope that this is a good game. Falcons did not look good last week. Uh, I thought that Matt Ryan would get off to a better start than he did, and he did not play all that well. Um, I did like that they threw to Kyle Pitts a lot, mm-hmm. but he obviously didn't come down with all of them. All right, whatever. He's a rookie. And even the, you know, best tight ends have some of those games that, you know, they get eight targets and catch three of them, something like that. Um, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He played, you know, almost 70% of snaps, which you want to see maybe a little bit more, but he's also a rookie. They're breaking him in. They still have Hayden Hurst, who's not bad as a tight end. Um, Mike Davis or Cordero Patterson, interesting to you. Patterson seems to be the number two guy. And especially because their backfield's kind of volatile, I don't know. I kind of actually like Cordell Patterson as just a stash, seeing what happens. But I didn't really like what we saw from Atlanta last week, just in general. Yeah, um, I got everyone as a bench for Atlanta except for Calvin Ridley. I'm stopping. Yeah, he's obviously I, I, he's a yeah. weekly play. You're going to play him no matter what. Mike yeah. Davis, bench him. I'm sorry, uh, Kyle Pitts, bench him until you see otherwise. Uh, he, like you said, he was hyper target or not hyper targeted, but he had eight targets. So, I mean, the throwing to him and a lot of his sna- a lot of his plays he, or a lot of his snaps when he was on the field, he was in the slot position. That's why you've seen Hayden Hurst on the field. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's for the most part, just start Calvin Ridley. This Tampa Bay defense is ruthless. We've seen what they did to the Dallas's run game. Yeah, I think especially because of the matchup, I, I think I agree with you in benching all your Falcons. I have Matt Ryan in at least a league or two, I think. And I've got him benched in a super flex league for Jameis Winston this week. Um, I think that until we see a little bit more, I mean, Hey, they've got a new head coach. They're going through a lot of changes right now. Uh, life without Julio Jones. Um, I'm sure that's affecting Matt Ryan to a degree, but I'm sure that they'll shake it out. But until I see a little bit more, I'm probably avoiding most of these guys other than Ridley and Pitts, even Pitts. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to have a big game this week. Right. On the, what on do the you Tampa... think of, uh, yeah, I was like, what do you think of Tampa this week? They, uh, they're going to run it up again. 
Yeah, the auto starts is everybody. You start Brady, you start Antonio Brown, you start Mike Evans, you start Chris Godwin, and you start Gronkowski. If you notice, that's all the pass catchers and the quarterback. I don't want anything to do with this shitty-ass backfield. I don't know, Casey, I don't know why you're trading for Ronald Jones in a dynasty league. Not making fun of you, I'm just I, – I, I can't wrap my head around the idea of trading for Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones. I mean, these guys are replaceable talents. I mean, at any given point, Tampa Bay can go get a running back for all I know. I mean, they could spend a draft pick on a running back. I, I just I, – I, I can't get on board with this. I mean, maybe it's just you're taking your jab and it's a cheap running back on a high-tempo offense. Maybe that's what it is. But for me, the only guy I trust in that backfield is the pass catcher, Gio Bernard. And he wasn't even used that much. But at the end of the game, he was used on the two-minute drills, you know, third down, things like that. And you look at – Leonard Fournette, man, he had an ugly drop last week that resulted in an interception. Um, and even Gio Bernard, he's not going to win you leagues. He's more of a bench stash. I'm out on this backfield. Yeah, I, t- I traded for Rojo the other day um, in a dynasty league because he's still pretty young. And I think he's shown enough, mm-hmm. even if he doesn't have the best year this year, I think he's shown enough that when he hits free agency next year, he's going to be a role player somewhere. I think like he could be a Think of like what Jamal Williams is in Detroit. I feel like at minimum okay. he could be a, a player like that on another team. And I think in the right situation, he might even have some starter upside. Um, he is more, I think, victim of circumstance than just being a lesser talent. They've got a lot of good players on that team. And because they've got a guy like Tom Brady, sometimes these young guys make mistakes and, you know, go back and look at the Peyton Manning days. Like if you didn't know how to – be on the field and not screw up then you didn't get on the field i think bruce arians also said that ronald jones after he fumbled early in the game was kind of like having trouble mentally getting over it and that's probably again shocking up to being a young guy he's in a contract year he's trying to establish himself as the lead guy there um so i think that because they had other guys that they could plug in it's just they kind of gave him a mental day of just all right look don't quit moping around on the sideline get your mind right and by, by that time, though, they were kind of in a groove. So I think that he'll be fine long term, although I know that I'm taking a risk on him this year. He may not have the most value unless there's like an injury or something. But otherwise, I mean, I'm kind of rambling on Ronald Jones a little bit. I do believe in him long term, short term, definitely not putting him in my starting lineup anytime soon. But you pretty much summarized it. I think Brady's going to great. He'll have a better year statistically this year than he did last year. Unfortunately, Mike Evans is the guy that kind of tends to miss out every now and then. Um, Gronk, I think he's locked in tight end one. He got all the targets from the tight ends last week, played 87% of the snaps. And Antonio Brown is going to be, I think, a league winner this year. I know he doesn't have the best uh, reputation, but he's playing enough. He's getting enough targets. It looks good for him this year. I think he could have a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns easily. I agree. Yeah, no, he was, he's been a good pickup so far for where we were getting him in what 13th, 14th round and some, or in dynasty leagues. That's where he was going in redraft. He was what seventh, sixth round, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Pretty good value. People, people just kind of pigeonholed him as the number three receiver. And I think that they just forget that like, they got like three receivers that could all be the leading receiver and, I mean, Tom Brady, for whatever reason, likes this guy. He's living in his house, or at least was. You know, he helped him get back on track, get back into the NFL. Not saying Tom Brady did it by himself, but he certainly was a positive influence on AB. So I think we're just – when I traded for him in a 
couple leagues last year, I believe, and stashed him just kind of knowing that he was going to maybe have this kind of season, get to the offseason, get his mind right, get into offseason off practices. You know, he came in midseason last year and still caught over 50 passes or 40 passes or something like that. Shoot, you could do that in half a season signing right there. If you double that, if you played all 16 games, he's an 80-catch receiver. That's a wide receiver one or two. Yep. Touche. I agree. All right, let's move on to the next game. This is the highest uh, projected over-under of the week. Uh, 55 is the over-under. This is the Cowboys and the Chargers. What are your thoughts on who do you want? Who do you want? You look like you want to talk about the Chargers and Austin Eckler. Yeah, I like uh, Austin Eckler. He did not get any pass game usage, really. Did he even get targeted? Maybe not even Zero targets. I have the same amount of targets as Austin Eckler does this year. <laughs> yeah, that was concerning. I don't know what that was about. I mean, Hey, I, man, I, I worked hard to get all those targets. I should, yeah, I shouldn't say concerning. I think that Thank he's going to be fine. There's Some of these guys are uh, – <laughs> I worked hard for those targets. Um, <laughs> I think that he that was just a weird game. He, they obviously like to use him as a pass catcher. That's what he came into the league as. It's what he's made his money doing. So he'll get involved back in the pass game. I think he's still got the rushing touchdown, played 58% of snaps. Yeah. Um, but it's all the other running backs. He into that with a hamstring injury too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that that's a big reason why. That, yeah. He didn't practice until like Friday or maybe he – I think he was limited on Friday last week before going into the game. So um, – I'll say this about uh, Mike Williams. It was really nice to see how he got used, and he actually put up some good numbers. He's someone that I had a, had drafted or been stashing in some leagues too, hoping that he was going to live up to some of that top 10 potential um, when he was drafted a couple years ago. And so far, so so good. I mean, it's only been one week, but offensive coordinator was singing his praises all offseason. He even said he'd probably be good in fantasy this year. So I'm locked in on that. Keenan Allen. Um, how did Keenan Allen do last week? I can't... 13 targets, 11 catches, and 100 yards, I believe. Yeah, okay. I thought so. I thought he cracked 100 because I have him in a league where I got a bonus. Um, that was obviously typical Keenan Allen, which you kind of expect to see. So I'm totally fine with just plugging him in as a wide receiver one. Maybe he finishes as a two sometimes. But I think between those two receivers, you've got a wide receiver one and probably a high-end wide receiver three or to mid two with Mike Williams. Other than that, didn't really care to didn't really care for Jared cook. Don't really care about any of our running backs. Justin Herbert. He seems like one of the better young quarterbacks in the league. You probably, he was drafted as a QB one. I'm playing him until the wheels fall off. I think there's two top five quarterbacks in fantasy in this game this week. Oh yeah. yeah. No, Dak Prescott and uh, CD lamb, Amari Cooper. They're going to light it up. They were t- hyper targeted last week. Uh, Chargers defense, yep, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a real good game for Dak and the receivers. Um, I'm not a real big fan of the tight ends. They're kind of more 50-50. If you have a certain starter sit, if you're streaming the tight end position and you like this matchup, let me know what other tight end you're considering, and maybe we can kind of talk that out in some DMs or anything. So it's kind of hard to – give that but i'm just not a fan of the tight ends right now but uh zeke elliott i know he had a bad game last week uh it's tampa bay defense i don't think they went in thinking they were going to run the ball because if you're going in thinking you're going to run the ball against tampa bay you're planning to lose so um yeah zeke's in for a bounce back game this week even if they get near the goal line he's going to score a touchdown he's going to be all right this week 
Yeah, um, I'm not worried about Zeke. He's still on the field for 84% of snaps. He's definitely on the high end for most running backs. Um, I think that they tried to get him involved, but, yeah, they played Tampa Bay, one of the better defenses. When, you know, the defensive line's not allowing you to do anything, then, yeah, like, that's where they start getting away from the run, and that's why they threw so damn much. And Prescott and those receivers are capable of, of you know, just going for four or 500 yards pretty much every game, seems like. Um, in terms of the passing game. So, yeah, Zeke's going to have some games where, you know, he doesn't get the most usage, but they're still paying the man. They're not going to just phase him out of the offense. It's not like Tony Pollard played much. He only played 24% of the snaps. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not worried about Zeke. I definitely like Cooper and Lamb. They're wide receiver ones all year oh, long. Oh, yeah, they're hyper-targeted, concerned. man. I, both of them had, what, 15 targets last week? More than that. Some, yeah, I, I think they both had 15 they targets. for yeah. 31 total targets. Yeah. That's a that's lot. pretty darn good. Yeah, Cooper had 16 and Lamb had 15. So that's pretty that's pretty solid. I'll say this. I know you said you don't really care for the tight ends. I like Dalton Schultz. He played 68% of the snaps. Blake Jarwin played 57. But Schultz played good enough as a receiver last year to definitely be their primary receiving tight end this year. I know everyone wants to – you know, say, oh, well, Blake Jarwin was the starter the year before. Well, the, the year before that, it was Jason Witten. So it's not like J- Blake Jarwin's got some long-term role where he's proven himself. He was their second, third tight end for a handful of years until last year, and then he tore his ACL in week one. So I'm I'm on the Schultz train. I picked him up in a couple leagues, and I would absolutely stream him as a tight end one uh, just about every week, unless there's, like, some real crazy matchup. We'll see how it all shakes out, but I, I think – yeah, that Ray Garvin was actually high on too. He's obviously someone that we both admire. Um, right. And I respect his opinion more than most. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Dalton Schultz as a streaming tight end, if not, you know, a solid tight end too that's got upside for more. Sweet. All right, let's roll on into our last afternoon game, and that is the Tennessee Titans at the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to start off with the Tennessee Titans because they're easy to talk about. Derek Henry, you start him. Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, start him. I know A.J. Brown had the touchdown last week, but he didn't have a lot of volume. Neither did Julio Jones. But uh, if you go back and look at, at the game, they only ran two plays, uh, uh, play action, which is run of Ryan Tannehill strength. So with the new offensive coordinator in town, I'm curious to see what they do with the game plan moving forward. I mean, you have Derek Henry. Why aren't you going to run the play action, right? So I'm going to bench Ryan Tannehill this week. I might start Kirk Cousins over him in just in this matchup, just to just tell Tannehill gets gets on his feet, I guess. Uh, he can prove to you that he is fantasy worthy still. Um, but yeah, no, I'm still going to start Julio Jones and AJ Brown. You guys drafted him high enough. I doubt you guys have better options. So uh, yeah. How you feeling about Seattle? I would say, I mean, Russell Wilson, you play him every week. Um, Metcalf, he definitely, you know, took him a little while to catch up to Tyler Lockett, but he got there. Um, I think Tyler Lockett was one of those guys that you could get as a wide receiver three or for some reason that. Yeah, he fell too. He could be, he could be a wide receiver one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I know that last year he was a little streaky. He had a couple of really big games that kind of skewed his numbers, but you'll look at the rest of his career. He's always been super efficient, um, pretty consistent. So I'm I'm cool with Tyler Lockett. He's you can start him every week. Chris Carson, um, you know, I, I keep playing. I'll keep playing him too. Gerald Everett's the one that I'm excited about. I didn't have a whole yep. lot of 
uh, targets last week, um, but he did still catch the touchdown. Yeah, still got the touchdown, and I think there's, you know, it's his first game. We'll see how he settles in, but there's room to grow there. He caught both of his targets, one of them for a touchdown. So he's not the highest upset guy. Maybe he's more a guy you're stashing as you're tied into, but without a locked-in third passing option, it's Metcalf Lockett, and then who? You know, Joe B.S. Scrooge is injured. Will Disley uh, always been on that team for a couple of years. He's always hurt, you know. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, – I'll, I'll roll the dice on Gerald Everett more often than not. Yep. Uh, Rashad Penny's going to be out for a while too. Are we rostering DJ Jalis? I'm stashing him in a, a dynasty league or two because I'm hoping that he eventually earns that passing down role, but they're not just going to give it to him. No, I'm and hoping Chris he Carson's gets like this Hines role. That's my favorite player to compare people to is this pass catching guy, Naheem Hines. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that um, he's uh, he's definitely got that in him, but he was a fourth round pick, so they're not just going to again like they're not going to just hand it to him. Um, so we'll just have to kind of. Wait and see how it shakes out. 10-4. All righty, let's hit the Sunday night game. Chiefs and Ravens, who you got? I mean, I'm definitely going to say the Chiefs win this game, especially how the Ravens somehow lost to the Raiders the other day. I don't mean to poke fun oh, at the Raiders, man. but just the ending of that game was just so weird, you know. So hey, I'm kind of happy the Raiders won that game because my Uncle Brian, he is one of the – biggest Raider fans and I swear dude he come to work and we get up early like mind you it's like two three in the morning this dude got out of his truck smiling like he just got laid for the first time it was hilarious (laughs) so thank you Raiders I thought I'd never say it but thank you Raiders it was a very good day at work that day nice that's cool yeah well because of uh, how good the Chiefs are and because of how banged up the Ravens are right now too um, that's I think one of the biggest things that's affecting Baltimore who was the, the Niners were super injured last year. And it's probably one of the reasons why they weren't in the playoff hunt. Um, I think that might be Baltimore this year. It's not starting out well for them. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the chiefs. I mean, Mahomes QB one every week, no matter who he's playing, Tyreek Hills, the wide receiver one every week, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Travis Kelsey's in the top two or three tight ends you're playing every week, no matter what. Um, me and you have talked about Ugh. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire personally, but I don't think we've talked about him on the podcast since after week one. And, yeah, the more I see, the less I like. It's not that I don't like him. It just seems that there's, this team's going to be so pass-happy and rely on their top playmakers so much that I'm having a hard time seeing him having a good rushing season. Maybe he stays involved in the passing game, but – even that, uh, I think he had three targets. So on a pretty good offensive day, he didn't really get involved. I That was concerning to me. Yep. The only thing that keeps a heartbeat with him is 74% of the snaps. That's – Yeah, yeah. He, he played a lot. So that's that's something – that's, that's not something to that's scoff That's the only at, thing so. to stop you guys from reconsidering or dropping them down in your rankings. I mean, the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points and – you know, Clyde's going to get his. He's just not going to be this league-winning back like we wanted him to be. He's just going to be a nice fill-in running back, too, for you guys. That's what I was just going to ask. You think he's, like, mid-RB2, high, low? Where do you expect him to fall in line at? You know how Chris Carson is? Just puts up running back two numbers every week, and then he ends up as a running back one in overall fantasy points. He's just real steady, Eddie, Eddie. 
I kind of see Clyde like that, just with less touchdown upside. Yeah, I think I actually even put him a tier below that. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of a player to compare him to, like maybe a more productive Naheem Hines. Like, I mean, Hines is pretty productive on his own in point the catch. Hey, man, so. Naheem Hines is a guy I've been talking about. You got to talk about someone else, <laughs> man. That's cheating. I mean, okay, it's probably – no, I'm, I'm not kidding. even going to yeah, I was going to say Kenyon Drake, but he didn't do much in the past game last year, and he's a lot bigger than Edward Solaire. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just see him maybe being more of a role player than a featured player in that offense. At the end of the right. day, it was a first-round pick. It, it's only been one game, but he didn't have the best rookie season. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how it goes. Um, how do you feel about – Okay, yeah, there's, there's, that's probably the most accurate, especially if he ends up like Kareem Hunt. I think we'll be happy. Yeah, Raven side, the running backs. I don't want nothing to do with it. Uh, to me, Le'Veon Bill and Devonta Freeman, that's just noise. They're going to play the Justice Hill role. Don't get excited about those guys. I've seen Freeman and Bell picked up. I've seen someone trying to sell Le'Veon Bell for two first round picks in a dynasty league, like. Come on, get out of here with that nonsense. The two backs to have is Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray. Those are the backs they have. Uh, but either way, I don't want nothing to do with them. Uh, they're probably your third running backs, your flex players. Uh, I'm probably going to start a wide receiver, a PPR kind of wide receiver in my flex spot if I'm if I'm have the option opposed, you know, with these two Raven running backs. I'd rather have the PPR wide receiver. I just I once this backfield with all those injuries, it just gets murky, ugly. And then you're over here trying to pick which running back is best. And it's another Houston situation. It's another, what team were we just talking about a little bit ago with the run? Oh, Tampa Bay. It's just another one of those situations. And you know, what? with all the injuries and stuff, I, I'm out on the running back. So this is Lamar's backfield. Yeah. I would say that is pretty spot on. I think that this is, like if you thought that like the Niners running back situation was hard to deal with, I think that the fact that Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell, who's still on the practice squad, I think, all three of those guys were signed, what, like a week ago? <laughs> and the only other guy is undrafted Tyson Williams, who did okay, but they didn't really consistently give him carries. Um, he played uh, – where's – I'm on the targets tab. He played – um, 51 and a half percent of snaps, which is not bad considering, you know, he just kind of was handed the starting role a couple of days ago. Latavius Murray, surprisingly, was being with the team for less than a week, played 30%. Um, I, I, but at the end of the day, all these guys don't have the most upside. I think they're just going to throw three, four guys out there, roll the dice every week. Who's got the hot hand. It will be too hard to predict until, something happens until they commit to using someone more consistently or if there's another injury. Cause I don't know. I just get the sense that all these guys are going to take turn, having take turns, having good days or yep. bad days for that matter. Um, uh, do you want any of the receivers? Sammy Watkins, maybe? Nope. I don't want Sammy. Uh, Sammy's only good for week one and like the last week of the season. And that's pretty much it. So, yep. He's, he's already bloomed, blossomed and he's already ready for fall. He's his leaves have fallen off already. So uh, I like Hollywood Brown this week, though. It's going to be – they're going to be playing from behind. So I, I expect Lamar to take a couple deep shots. 
And Mark Andrews, he played on all the passing downs last week. So even though he had five receptions or seven targets, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but um, I'm not too concerned about him. I'm starting Mark Andrews, especially with all the injuries to the receivers. Yeah. Yep, I'll keep trotting him out there. I don't think he had the best day the other day, but um, there are better days ahead. I think he'll be fine. Oh, yes. Monday Night Football. Yeah, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers. Uh, let's talk about Jared Goff first because he had an interesting, he had okay. an interesting game. So I do have a listener question about Jared Goff. Perfect. So last week with his numbers against the Niners, yes, Jared Goff has a great offensive line. Yeah, the Lions were behind. Do you think Jared Goff is still going to be usable for fantasy football this season? I think he'll be usable, but I don't think that we can expect him to have another week like he just did. The pass catching core, I just don't think is good enough to sustain that over the course of the season. Tyrell Williams, I believe, is already injured and most likely not going to play this week. He might have already been ruled out. Um, I mean, I'll lean on Hawkinson all season long. I took him, I think, in a league or two and recommended him to many people and uh, I mean, we heard about it all during spring and training camp that he and Hawkinson and Jared Goff were having, you know, pretty good connection during camp and all that. So I'll I'll ride the Hawkinson train here for a while, but all these receivers, I'll pass Jared Goff, play him as a QB2. I think, like, he's not going to be a low-end QB2. I think he'll be just a middle-of-the-road QB2, and, and maybe he has a good game like he just did. Maybe, you know, some people are going to say I'm slandering this guy. I just threw for like 400 some yards, right? But I just don't get the sense that that's going to be the norm. They, You're just, just saying that because he's an ex Ram. No, I mean, I, I he's an ex Ram, but I don't hate the guy. I Hater. He, he's, at the end of the day, makes too many mistakes, I think, to consistently win football games. But he can do a lot of the other stuff. You know, he knows how to throw the ball, he's got a great arm. Um, but he tends to need guys around him that are good in order for him to really kind of hit his potential, and even then he'll still turn the ball over. But that's more of a real-life problem than it is a fantasy problem because he's not afraid to chuck it. So yeah, um, keep playing him as your QB, too. Yeah. Um, another char- – the Chargers – or the Chargers. <laughs> that was part of my notes. The Lions ran – 84 plays last week and when the lions or the lions head coach anthony lynn when he was the coach of the chargers they ran a high a high-paced offense if the lions are consistently behind and they have this kind of fast-paced offense i think he can sustain some high 200 low 300 numbers in garbage time it's maybe real whether we like it or not. not whether they're flashy or not he might have three interceptions with it he might go 26 for 52 but I don't know. I mean, you got Hawkinson, you got Swift, you got Williams. I mean, yeah, these these are more dump off guys like like we had mentioned earlier. But I'm kind of optimistic. This O line's pretty good too, man. Um, someone's gonna pop. I think someone will pop for this team. We'll see what happens. But uh, for the most part, right now, let's throw them in the conversation with uh, Haneke and Daniel Jones. Which of the three you got? For rest of the season, I'll take I'll take golf for sure. Okay, so it, it is golf. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm, that's a home run for me too. Um, do we need to talk about Swift and Hawkinson? Just the fact that they're good at football, and Swift had 22 touches, 11 of them being a reception, the other 11 being rushing. 
I think that it's really more just a Swift and Jamal Williams conversation, and we're playing Hawk no matter what. But um, I think that this game, because it got out of hand, they had to throw the ball a lot. I think that's going to affect Jamal Williams more than anything because um, I'm pulling it up right now. I believe he had several targets this last game. Yeah, he had nine. I don't expect Jamal Williams to get nine targets like that again. DeAndre Swift got 11. I think that his touches will go more towards his rushing output, but he still has the potential to catch, you know, five, six passes every game. He's not going to do that every game. He'd end up with, you know, 90 catches, and he's capable of that, I guess. But um, I, I, Swift is the guy to own. Williams, maybe a desperation flex play, but otherwise I would rather have him on the bench. Yeah, I like Swift as a running back, too, and Jamal Williams as a flex this week. Yep, I'll take that. Packer side. Um, yeah, well, they had such a weird game last week, right? I mean, some people are going to chalk it up to Aaron Rodgers not being there in the offseason. Maybe there's an element of that. Um, I know they're missing David Bakhtiari, their starting left tackle, but Elton Jenkins kicked over from guard and played very well, so that, you know, wasn't really that. Um, it, I think that this is just one of those weird weird games where you just see a, a good team have a bad game and then a bad team have a good game. I, okay. I take that back. Saints are not a bad team. I think that they outplayed, they outplayed how good they're actually going to be this year. Like they, they had a, one of the better games they're going to have all year. Jameis Winston, I, I'd be very surprised if he finished with a lot of games, like he just did five touchdown passes and all that. Yeah. Um, that was a game where Alvin Kamara didn't even get a touchdown either. Yeah. The past, I'm not saying like they're the best in the league. They do have a new defensive coordinator, but they have enough playmakers over there, pass rushers, all that to, you know, not give up that many points. So I am still playing Aaron Rodgers. I'm still playing Devontae Adams, no matter what. Um, I, it seems that Valdez Scantling seems to be the preferred number two receiver for That's now. I think that Randall, Randall Cobb didn't play a whole lot, only 26% of snaps. That was a little weird to see. I thought he'd play a lot more than that, but um we'll see they just get back to the team kind of recently so we'll see if they ease them in a little bit more um i throw in valdez scantling as like a flex play maybe not a wide receiver three but as like a like a decent flex play okay you're um, choosing between tyson williams latavius murray and marquez valdez scantling I, I mentioned maybe tossing a receiver in the flex which of the three are you starting who was the first one i'm sorry tyson williams ravens running oh, back I yeah, or I'd start a Ravens Valdez. running back or start Marquez Valdez-Scantling is my question. There Sc- it is. Valdez-Scantling. Yeah, Valdez-Scantling. Okay. Play okay. him. Yep. Especially because they're playing Detroit. Detroit's defense is already not that good. And they're – Jeffrey Okuda just got, out, you know, injured. He's out for the year. Uh, he hasn't exactly lived up to his potential yet, but still he's a starting corner for them. Um, so, yeah, I think that they'll be on a mission too. It's primetime Monday Night Football. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is going to be fired up and ready to uh, bounce back from that. So, And Robert Tenyon, Robert, Robert, Robert Tenyon will have better days too. It was weird that he only played 49% of snaps, but, I mean, they pulled Aaron Rodgers in like late third, early fourth quarter. He, he only played 73. So that's the, the team snap percentage this week in terms of snaps played is going to be kind of all over the place because, you know, they're putting in Jordan Love and some of these other guys. Um, I think you just need to be confident in the Green Bay offense this week for the most part. Obviously, Aaron Jones is playing. AJ oh. Dillon's better reserved for your bench. Yeah, Aaron Jones is going to go off this week. We watched rookie running back, what, fourth round rookie running back Elijah Mitchell run for 100 yards against the Lions? 
Yeah. I think he was a Aaron sixth round pick. Yeah, I think he was a sixth round pick. Oh, sixth so, round. My bad. Yeah, My bad. yeah. You're so right. if, he can, right. if he can, if he can, if he can, it was that, an even right? number. At least I was close. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, a day three pick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's close enough because fourth round is in the day three. So, whew, we're yeah. good. We good in the hood. So. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for the game slate. Um, we did have another question, but we kind of answered that already with, with the Aaron Rodgers deal. It's obvious that he's not giving up, right? It was just a bad game. Chalk it up as a bad game. Chalk it up as a bad game. He's got a good matchup this week. He's got a bad match or good matchup this week. If there's any time to get back on track, it's now. If he has a bad week after this week, we'll have another conversation about it. Yep. Can't wait to have that one. But, um, uh, Until then, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Drink a glass of milk. Enjoy your weekend. I hope I enjoy mine and my phone stays quiet so I can watch football on Sunday. Um, Until then, you guys, stay safe. Enjoy your families. Barbecue it up. Winter's almost here. So have a good one. Take care, guys. Thanks. Yep. Peace out, guys.